With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Introducing Jason Marcus with Continental Home Loans and as a frequent host and guest on our show. Here now, Mildred. Hi, this is Mildred Tithoni and we have Jason Marcus with Continental Home Loans here. Hi, Jason. Hi, Mildred. So today we, we were at a Keller Williams team meeting and you spoke briefly about moving money around for first-time home buyers, some pitfalls. So we've asked if you'll give us tips on what to do for first-time home buyers. One of the biggest challenges in getting a loan these days, and one of the probably most important things for first-time home buyers to really focus on is to really just get the game plan in regards to where money's coming from and get it sorted. Most intelligent way to go about it is really try to get that sorted two months before you're ever planning on going to contract and getting and uh, basically putting your money down at contract. The reason why is sourcing your funds has become probably the most difficult and challenging part of the mortgage process and really has caused um, a lot of extra work in regards to trying to make sure that we know where the money's coming from. Basically, all that started after 9-11. The logic behind it, to kind of uh, give a little bit of an overview, was the U.S. government really focusing on cleaning up laundering of money. And since uh, the purchases of houses is one of the biggest transactions people will make in their lifetime, it was back in the day the simplest way to sit there and launder money. So unfortunately for most people, naturally most people are not terrorists or drug dealers or doing illegal activity, which would warrant like laundering money. But unfortunately, those rules had to be put in place. And one of the things that banks do is source the funds two months leading up to you making your down payment. So a lot of times people, especially those folks that are getting money overseas, becomes challenging to sit there and try to source where that money's coming from. Foreign banks, a lot of times, obviously, logically, it's not in English. So you've got to, you've got to deal with the translations. The bank statements aren't produced in the same type of manner. And, of course, uh, depending on the denomination, the U.S. government actually gets involved sometimes and actually will uh, review to make sure or even set limits to the amount of money you can move at one time. So in theory, you'll have people that are deciding, okay, I'm going to buy a house here in the U.S. I'm going to put a substantial amount of money down, and this money's coming from elsewhere. We've run into some challenges in regards to where that money's coming from. So that's why I try to, when I'm pre-approving people and I'm trying to get them sorted, the less the better in regards to moving money around, even from account to account. Anytime anything gets moved, it has to show from where the source to inevitably where the end account is. And sometimes people, you know, will make two or three moves, causes a lot of extra paperwork. So that's why I kind of recommend it's always in their best interest to just have the money sorted and sitting to obviously create less paperwork and naturally get these 
loans done quicker. The second thing I always talk to people about is the gift part, because naturally there's caveats to that also. Sometimes, let's just say, for argument's sake, you get a gift from your parents. Now, a lot of times people aren't aware that the banks are going to ask for that money to be sourced, meaning that they're going to ask for your parents' bank statements showing the money coming out of that account and naturally the corresponding bank statement of yours going into that account. So a lot of times you're through the process, the money's been moved, and now uh, one of your parents doesn't really feel comfortable with disclosing their bank statement. That's one of those things where, at least in my world, I'll get ahead of it and make sure my clients have that conversation with their gift donor, be it their parents uh, or family member, whoever's giving that money over, so that way they're aware, okay, this is something that's going to be required. Because naturally in this type of environment where you have so many instances where um, people's information is getting compromised, people get a little bit on the conservative side in regards to relinquishing such information. When they're not aware of it, you know, there's been instances where you get, well, I don't want to do that, then that becomes problematic inside the transaction itself. So those are some key points in regards to assets like in – in things to look for when you're moving money or getting money gifted. Also, what about cleaning up their credit or if they have a credit score? What do you recommend on all that? Well, naturally, logically, the higher your credit score, the better in most instances for most loan products is your rate's going to be better. So I really try to get people to really start the pre-approval process a good three months before they're planning on buying. Most people usually put the cart before the horse. They want to go out there, look at houses, and then deal with the finance side of it. That is, to me, the number one mistake for especially first-time home buyers because you're not maximizing what you can do if you do have credit issues or challenges like you're talking about. Some of the situations that drags credit down has to do just with account balances. And people don't realize, especially with credit cards, how your balances have such a drastic effect on your credit score. I had a conversation today with a client who thought that it was a couple inquiries that made their credit scores go down. Now, one of the things I tell people is everything when it comes down to scoring credit, it's based on logarithms that were established by the credit scoring systems, the FICA system. There's unfortunately not a guy behind the curtain who's analyzing your credit report and coming up with a score. So there's obviously things that are going to trigger your scores going down. One of the biggest triggers has to do with something we call the 50% rule. That deals with your credit cards, basically, meaning that the second you exceed a 50% balance versus the limit, the higher you go to maxing that card, the worse it's making your credit. So let me give you an actual example with actual numbers. You have a credit card that has a $1,000 limit on it. The second you uh, go with $500 balance or above, that's hurting your credit. The closer you are to maximizing that card, getting to that $1,000 limit, the worse it's making your credit because there's something called a debt ratio that gets scored. And the higher that debt ratio, the worse it's making your credit scores. Banks 
and the credit system alike love to see people that have available credit but don't utilize it. That just means that they have control, they're organized, and they're responsible. You sit there and I run a credit report and a particular client's credit scores are below 600 because they have five credit cards and all of them are maxed. I mean, just logically speaking, that's somebody you're going to be concerned about. Clearly, like they have available credit and they're maximizing it which leads you to believe that they obviously spend more than they make, and that's a risk to a bank. That's going to be a, more of a challenge to get somebody approved. Uh, using that example, which I think is good, so if you have five credit cards and they have a $1,000 limit, it would be better to pay them all down under 500 or um, sometimes people pay them off, though, and then close them. Do you want to comment on that, at what you think? Very, very, very dangerous. <laughs> and um, that's a great question. People think that they're doing the right thing a lot of times, and unfortunately, not based on the fact that they're necessarily doing something wrong, but it's the system itself, which I guess you would consider it slightly flawed. Because I'll give you an, another example in regards to what you just mentioned. Let's just say, and I'll hopefully I can keep you guys, like simplify this enough so that way you guys can stay with me on this. Let's just say you, you have a particular person who has three credit cards with a $1,000 limit, okay? On each of those cards, they have $500 balances. So you got three cards with 1000 so 3000 in total available credit. You have 500 against that um, each card, so you have $1,500 worth of debt. They get an advertisement in, a, in the mail. Open up this uh, 0% credit card with a $2,000 limit. Okay, I'm going to take now my three credit cards and I'm going to transfer all the, those balances to my new $2,000 card. So now you just took $1,500 and moved it onto that $2,000 card and you just closed those other three cards. So now you're left with your one $2,000 card with a $1,500 limit. You have changed really nothing in your entire life, but you possibly just lowered your credit score by 50 or 60 points because that's mm. violating that 50% rule that I was just explaining to you guys. It's very, very dangerous. Even though this may sound like a little bit of a contradiction, closing credit cards a lot of times is not in your best interest. And what about opening a new one? Do you recommend just leaving what you got, bringing it down under the 50%, and then possibly, you know, then just leaving those? Or would opening a new one adversely affect it as well? Opening new cards doesn't necessarily adversely affect it. My sweet spot for people is usually anywhere from three to five accounts open. Anything mm -hmm. uh, more than that, to me, it's dangerous. I don't love seeing people with 10, 15 accounts open. It becomes hard to manage people that don't regularly check their credit. It's just, to me, a little bit dangerous, and it's basically unnecessary. Uh, there's also different ways how they weight, let's just say, store cards, like your Macy's card or your Best Buy card versus your Visas, your Discovers, your MasterCards, and your American Express cards. And those cards have, hold more value and more weight versus uh, your regular store cards. So okay. those kind of have a little bit of a difference in regards to the scoring model and regards to credit. Like I said, I, my sweet spot is I like seeing people sitting there where you have about three to five trade lines of two years. Naturally, anytime you have the ability to get the limits raised, that's always going to help you, especially in this 50% rule conversation. 
and that'll maximize your credit situation and keep your scores in that high 700, low 700 range, which is really where your target is. One last question. So you're saying two to three months from, you know, the gifts, and do you think for first-time home buyers, they kind of think they're going to maybe want to move in a year. Should they go see a mortgage person at that point to get a big picture, you know, just to make sure they're on the right track? To me, that's the best plan. It's never too soon to have these discussions and prepare yourself. Naturally, X factors of the interest rate when it comes down to this stuff. You don't know where it's going to be a year from now. I've said this before, and obviously uh, I'll say it now again. Every quarter of percent about anywhere around $50 to the payment. So even a major swing. And when I'm t- taking somebody under my wing that far in advance, I'm always significantly overestimating my qualifying interest rate just in case rates wind up going up from now to then. But mm-hmm. it's such a good idea because obviously if I have credit issues, it gives me so much time to get those sorted and get these guys educated and put them in a better position. Plus, it gives them more time to save money and prepare themselves. And by the time they get to the point where they're ready to buy, they're so educated and prepared on what they need to do, and they're so organized, and I already have everything that I need to press forward with them. It makes the process so much easier. You'd never know it until, obviously, you've been through it. But any of those folks that really waited to the last minute and then ran into some of these challenges, those are the people that you hear saying how terrible and how brutal the mortgage process is. The people that are prepared and do this in advance, it's almost always the same exact thing that I hear at the end of this transaction when we're sitting at the closing and they close. Jay, that was so much easier than I thought it would ever be. It's only because like anything in life, when you're prepared and you're organized, it simplifies things so much that this this process isn't a nightmare. It shouldn't be a nightmare. It's preparation and organization. I, I, I pitch that heavily. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate your advice. We'll talk to you again oh, soon. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Melvin. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.